Our reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, I hope, to you. And if not, if you're hearing it for the very first time, I hope you'll pay close attention. Luke, chapter 2. I'll read the first 20 verses aloud today. And I encourage you, if you have a Bible, to follow along. Uh, If you don't have a Bible on the way out today... Uh, One of our staff members will be out there and and giving away Bibles to anyone who would like one. Uh, Maybe you have a family member who you know who doesn't have one. And we encourage you to take as many as you want as long as you promise to give them away. And so we'll do that today. Luke chapter 2, verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary... And Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. During the month of December, we've been talking about branding Christmas. Today, we'll look at simple and certain. Right after Brother Jeff Austin sings my very favorite Christmas song, O Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining 
It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel's voices, oh, night, divine, oh, night, when Christ was born. Christmas Day. When you ask for one of these, it's your house, what do you ask for? How many go Kleenex? How many go tissue? All right, I go Kleenex. So, if you're a tissue person, don't be offended. Uh, what I wanted to start with, not only did I need one to blow my nose, but there are certain brands that have traditionally done only one thing. 
they've done it very well. If I say briars, what do you think of? Ice cream. Specifically, you think of what? What? Mint chocolate chip. <clears throat> um, if it's stuck, you use WD-40 on it, right? How many of you have a can of WD-40 at your house? Just about everybody. If it's not stuck, you use duct tape on it, <laughs> right? And that makes it stick. Now, there is actually duct tape, D-U-C-T, and then a company kind of improved that and decided we're just going to call it duct tape. That's all we're going to do. And now, believe it or not, I don't know if you've seen the craze, they have duct tape balls where, not that you throw, where you go to and dance and have fun and wear duct tape costumes. Costumes made totally out of duct tape. And kids make wallets and shoes and purses right here, wallets out of duct tape. Would you please hold that up? Exhibit A here today. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And so they've got a product, and they go with that product, and that's what they do. Now, there are other products like Rust-Oleum in the spray paint world, or on a day like this, Swiss Mix in the hot chocolate world, that that product is known. That's all they do. I can tell you up front on this Christmas day that God only has one simple product, Jesus Christ. And this morning we'll look at his birth from a different perspective, and I hope that you'll be glued in. And once again, I'm so glad all the boys and girls could be in here this morning. And I'm going to start off today uh, needing 12 boys and girls. And so, um, parents, if you have a few with you, let's just choose one maybe from each family so that we can get everybody involved. I need 12, and I need them right up here on these front rows. All right, so here's the first brave soul. Yes, way to go. And once you get up here, just sit on one of these seats up here until I call you. I got 12. Come on up. Come on up, boys and girls. Let's fill it up. Otherwise, I'm going to let people who think they're boys and girls come up. Then Brother Z will come up. All right, right here. I need six more. I've got six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Oh, my dear, she's little. Can't she do it? Maybe we'll have her be first. No, she's done. She's out. All right, I need three more. Come on, three more, boys and girls. There's got to be more boys and girls that would do it. Surely, I thought there'd be at least 12. I made 12 special things for them to do. All right, 10. I need two more. Two, come on, two, two, two. Here we go. Oh, yes, we're good. Now we have 13. All right, we're perfect. Good work. All right, boys and girls, you're up here. You're up here for the long haul. Um, but I'm going to need you to help me in just a minute. Now, when you look at the Christmas story as an event in history, it is filled with what might seem like a lot of random things or places or people. And so we're going to start right down here. And I need my first one right here. Bailey, come on. You can hang this anywhere you want on the tree. And this says decree on it. All right. 
right, so that's the first random item today. A decree made by Caesar Augustus. You can put it on the tree anywhere you want. That tree, sorry, I should have told him. There's several trees up here. <clears throat> the big tree. Oh, there he goes. He's coming in. Perfect. Oh, he's choosing, he's choosing a better branch. There we go. See, he looks like he's done this before. Give him a hand. Good job. Thank you very much. So you may go back to your real seat now. So there was a decree, all right? There was also, we know this for sure, there was a lady or a girl named Mary who was a virgin. Yeah, so we need the next, next little guy to come up and help me here and hang this one. See if you can get that one on. Oh, we got our, we got our globes mixed up. This one. All right, this says virgin on it. Can you get that on the tree for me? Here he goes. Oh, he's found it. He's found the one. You good? Yeah, yeah. Then we know also, yeah, thank you. There was, uh, we read about this. There was an announcement from an angel. And so Malachi, who is an angel sometimes, um, <laughs> will come and hang the angel. All right. I want you to pray for Malachi. He's going to be having a big surgery coming up in January. Got it? That is, it's a tough one. Now, what was the angel's name, by the way? Gabriel, okay. There we go. You got it? You're the man. Good job. Thank you. Let's see what we got next. All right. And the angel, when he came, um, I know all the kids could help me with this. When the angel came in the story we just read, who did he talk to? The shepherds and Mary and maybe the wise man. And I think he talked to the donkey too. I really get confused at this part. But I did shepherds. That's the one I did. So you want to do shepherds? All right. So here we go. Shepherds. Now all these things kind of seem like they might be random. When you're thinking about this. So we got shepherds in a field. And then... We've got some wise men. Now, they came later, but Melina's going to put this one up for us. All right, very nice. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so we've got the wise men, yeah. And then we've got the manger. And that was just kind of fits into the story too. Haley's going to do that one. So we got the manger. And then there was a manger because there was an inn with no room. And so that will be our next one that we'll do. Good job. Thank you. All right. You ready? You want to come and help me with this one? No room, it says. Now, we tried to find a way where you could actually read these from the back row today. But unless you have a telescope, I'm thinking it's not going to happen. But no room. Good work. 
Very nice. Good job. Okay. Now, the next thing that fits in, which is kind of really seems rather remote, is a donkey. There's a donkey in this story. All right, you ready? Come on, Luke. Luke's going to do the donkey. He wrote Merry Christmas on his tag today. He's ready. Good job. So you got all of these random things in the Christmas story. And really, that's the way it is in our lives, too. There are a lot of random things that come into our lives, and yet we have certain expectations that we're not living random lives. And we're always trying to figure out, where does that fit into my life? Where does that random thing or person or event fit into the purpose of my life? And I hear people say things like this. Well, pastor, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? How many have ever said that before? Everything happens for a reason. We say things like that. Uh, or maybe you say, I don't believe in coincidence. I, and there's a reason I don't believe in coincidence. I know there's a reason we bumped into each other in the ice cream aisle at Walmart. Right? It couldn't be that we just both wanted ice cream. There has to actually be like this far out eternal purpose for that. Okay, Here, here's another one. Uh, I like this one. You just haven't met the right person yet. That's what we tell young people when they're dating. You just haven't met the right young per- you haven't met the right person yet. Or then we go down the road a ways and how about this one? I guess it wasn't meant to be. I guess it wasn't meant to be. What that means is it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It just wasn't meant to be. That way, there's nobody to blame. We're just saying, it wasn't meant to be. There's something in us that thinks it will all work out. It'll all have a purpose. But then we hit the big bumps in life, the problems, and we start asking, why? Why am I still jobless? Why a problem in my marriage? Why a divorce? Why a rebellious son or daughter? Why does that person love God like I do? Why, why, why? And that has to do with the problems in life. And so we have a special globe today just for problems. And Melchizedek, who is not a problem, will help us with problems. So, oh no. Wouldn't you know it? There are no coincidences, are there, Melchizedek? A deck. Everything happens for a reason, huh? I guess that just wasn't meant to be. I think Autumn tied this one. See, see how I got out of blame twice? I said that it just wasn't meant to be, and then I blamed it on my daughter. Well, we're struggling here. I have the most able fingers to tie these things in the whole world. Not. I should have let Mel do it. That was a good good idea, huh? All right, Mel. There we go. Fit right into our message just the way we planned it. 
Uh, some of you are giggling like you think that it didn't really happen that way. All right, there we go. Problems. Clap for problems. Yay, problems. We have a, an old dachshund in our house, and I think he's about 13 years old, which in dog years is 91. And I don't think that he sits there and ponders, I wonder how this nap connects to yesterday's nap. wonder what the reason is why I sleep all day every day. Ah, now I figured it out. Now I know why all of the sleeping has come into play. The dog doesn't think like that. Trees don't think like that. But people do. See, Bible believers are grounded in design. That's why when we walk into a room where there are fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies, we know that somebody had the intent of making chocolate chip cookies. We don't walk into a room and smell fresh chocolate chip cookies and think that all of a sudden the ingredients in the cupboard had a massive explosion and mutated and fell into the oven on a pan and popped out and exploded again and landed on a tray in the counter. We actually consider that to be far-fetched. And yet, did you know that macroevolution is 10 billion times more complex than what I just said? And yet there are people who believe that's how they're here today. We don't believe that. We believe there is purpose. We're grounded in design. We know life is not random. Life is not a cosmic accident. It's not a result of millions of cell mutations. We have purpose. It comes from original creation. In the image of God made he man. And the Christmas story shows us clearly and simply that there truly is a God of purpose. And so let's go back to the beginning of Luke, if you have your Bibles. And I want to read just a few verses as we describe this quickly today. Luke chapter 1, look at the first verse. And here is the doctor, Luke, who's the human author, writing the introduction to the book. Here's what he says. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, who he's writing to. Now look at verse number four. That thou mightst know the certainty of those things, wherein thou hast been instructed. The certainty of those things. If you have notes in your bulletin today, you may want to follow along. This is kind of the first item we put in your notes. The certainty of those things. As I said in the introduction, there's something in all of us that makes us think things will work out. That they eventually have purpose. And that's our next globe here today. Purpose. So if Mattingly could help us with purpose. We have a good knot on purpose today. 
And so purpose is going on the train. Luke was giving this history, guided by the Holy Spirit, and he said there's certainty here. There's a purpose. There's a reason. There's reality. I don't know if it's just this family or what, but they struggle with choosing which branch they want. I've noticed this with both of the kids who are in this family. It must take them hours to actually do the tree. Thank you, Mattingly. It was very good. Purpose, though, is something when we read the Bible that we naturally see. And yet, when this was written, when Luke gave the history, he had no idea of the future. He was just confirming facts. That's why, look at verse 26. We see details. We see a month. And in the sixth month, we see an angel's name, the angel Gabriel. We see a region was sent from God unto a city of Galilee. And then we also see a city named Nazareth. In the next verse, a virgin who is espoused to a descendant of David. So we see genealogy. And his name, Joseph. By the way, it tells us her name was Mary. It's believed that Luke likely interviewed Mary herself years after the crucifixion when she lived with the family of John, the beloved. Mary was going to marry Joseph. It's the other Mary. See how I fit that in to keep you awake? Some of you are totally gone at this point. Like bulbs on the tree, eggnog, turkey, ham. Now you're seeing new words on all the globes at this point. Um, There was a purpose, though, that was given, and all of these details, Mary and Joseph were going to become husband and wife. It was prearranged. They may have liked each other. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they hadn't even ever met. Sometimes that's the way families did it. You will marry him next week. And they're both kind of stunned by this. And yet they would marry each other, and they'd have children, and some of them in that time period would grow old enough to see their grandchildren, which was pretty remarkable at that point in history. How many of you today have grandchildren? Who are here today, you have grandchildren. How many of you have great-grandchildren? Yeah, yeah. Anybody in here today with great-great-grandchildren? Vivian? Okay, right over here. Um, So we live a little bit longer than maybe they did at this actual point in history. But it was all prearranged, and the facts were evident, and it was a certainty. They were just random young people in a random place, is what normal history would tell us. But scriptural, biblical history tells us there's a reason why they're in the book. See, there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of young people who lived at this same time period in history whose names we have never heard. God had Joseph and Mary in the place where they were at the time when they were for a reason. Then we get down to verse number 28. And I love this verse. The angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Highly favored, the Lord is with thee. With all the manger scenes and the hoopla of modern Christmas, it's easy for us to romanticize Mary being 
blessed among women and miss the reality of her situation. Think about it. Miss highly favored of God, because of the Caesar's random decree that we already put up on the tree, you will take a 120-mile ride on a donkey. We put that one up there, too. Um, Angel, you didn't tell me about that part. You and your future husband will go far away to a random village named Bethlehem for taxation purposes. Angel, you didn't tell me about this part either. I mean, you, could, you couldn't reserve me a room in an inn somewhere? I have to have a baby in a manger? The reality of the situation was much different than the way we romanticize it. After the baby Jesus is born, they would travel another 200 miles into Egypt for a time. Years later, Mary watched as her son was mocked and beaten and spat upon. And we romanticize it even to the point where there are some religions that make Mary a part of deity. She, she was an actual person, though, and she watched him walk down that road with a cross on his back. She watched him fall beneath the weight of the cross. Another random act of Roman violence? Nope. See, it almost seemed as if God had lost control. Almost. But there is further purpose. There's more that we can investigate. Back in Luke 1, verse 31... Here's what the angel said. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And I want you to look at what Mary said. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. How shall this be? Theologians don't like to dwell too heavily on verses 34 and 35. Mary had questions. She had big questions. And the angel gave what seemed at the time like an incredibly strange answer. And then he was gone. After his visit to Mary, Gabriel never showed up to see her again. Though the questions in her heart and her mind had to have continued. Angel, angel, come back down here. You need to explain this to my mama. And you need to explain this to my math teacher. And you need to explain this to my friends. There's a Christmas thing. almost showed it today, but I thought it'd be just simple Christmas just to have church like this. But there's a, some type of YouTube video that shows if Mary and Joseph lived in the day of Facebook, what it would have looked like. And how the rumor mill would have taken off on Facebook. But the angel never came back. And you could show up at any point in the story of Mary's life and say, why would God allow this to happen? I mean, God, we don't understand what you're doing. Early one morning, 
in the city of Bethlehem as people are waking up. Herod's battalion of soldiers show up at the end of town and they rush throughout the city and kill all the toddler boys in the whole city. And I'm sure many of the girls as well because they were thorough soldiers. And they wanted to report back to Herod and say, we got them all. What's the point in that? God, you protected my child, but the other children died. Mary's questions are our questions. We always want to know how, and we want to know why. And we feel like God owes us the answer. The truth is, he doesn't owe us an answer. He's God. He is the sovereign deity of all the universe. He owes us no answers. Now, sometimes he gives them, but other times he doesn't. In Luke 1, the angel tells her at the end of verse 35. He says, That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He shall be great. He's going to reign forever. And in Mary's mind, she has to be grounded in the reality of her time. I want you to think about this just for a minute. Neither Israel nor Judah had had a reigning king for over 500 years. God had not spoken to her people for over 400 years. She has to be thinking, Babylon said their kingdom would be forever. And then they were wiped out by Persia. And Persia said their kingdom would be forever. And then they were wiped out by Greece. And now there's Rome. And the Romans think their kingdom will be forever. And surely it will. And now you're telling me that my baby's kingdom will literally be forever? See, there's not a person that walked into this room today that hasn't heard the name Jesus Christ. We have all heard of Jesus as the Son of God. But think of the implication when the news was first given. An angel comes to this teenage girl and says, Your son, name him Jesus, he will be the Son of God. What a huge, unnatural thought process in her mind. How? (laughs) How is this all going to take place? And I love what the response was in verse 37 of Luke 1. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. See, for there to be purpose in all of the random events of our lives, there has to be a God of the impossible. There has to be a God who goes far beyond our imagination. And this is the verse I really want you to see as we close. Verse number 38. Be it unto me, she says, in the middle of the verse, According to thy word. God, okay. I'll be the handmaid of the Lord, I guess. And I'll make this all work. And be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And the next globe I want to see is faith. And my helper has fallen asleep. You ready? Here he comes. He's the man. Thank you. Faith. Going up on the tree. Faith is a big, huge thing in our lives, and sometimes we misunderstand what it is. 
And I want to show you in this last verse that we read what real faith is, what Mary's faith was, what living faith, perfect faith really is. Do you find a spot, man? It's tough, isn't it? Oh, there we go. Oh, good. Good job. Give me five. Yeah, good work. Gotta love that. Perfect faith is not the faith that moves God. Now, that's so often how we sell it. But see, God branded faith according to what his truth is, not according to what we think it is. Perfect faith is not faith that moves God. It's the faith that moves us to trust God when it doesn't seem like God is moving. See, God doesn't just move wherever we want him to. Sometimes we put God in a box and we say, okay, God, you come over here and you do this. Why? Because I believe that you're God. See, God's not your genie in a bottle. He's God. He's the God of purpose. He's the God of creation. And when God is moved by our prayer, what he does is he changes our hearts. The thing in you that wants purpose is God's thumbprint on you. Look over to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 as we close on this Christmas Sunday. Ephesians, a little bit past the halfway point of the New Testament, right after the book of Galatians. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to read you one verse, verse 11. Look at what it says. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And we're going to not get into the deep theology of the verse. What you just notice this. Him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. All things. Now, all things there in the Greek means all things. That's what it means. Donkey ride, Herod, wise men, shepherds. Mary knew none of it ahead of time. And yet she says to God through the angel Gabriel, I am your servant. Accomplish your purpose in me. See, life hands us things that we don't plan. And yet Luke 1.38 is certain and simple Christmas in us. I've been handed something I never expected. Jesus is the simple answer. I don't know where this fits in my life. It's very difficult to trust God on this. Jesus is the answer. I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to lose hope. It's bigger than I am. Listen to me. Just because it takes us by surprise doesn't mean it takes God by surprise. He has purpose. But his purpose is only through one simple and certain thing. Jesus. See, Jesus is the purpose. He is the answer. He is the solution to everything in our lives. Are you ready to hang your globe?
Ready? Here we go. Jesus. Right there. And could I get all the boys and girls to come up on the stage with me? We're going to sing Jesus Loves Me together, all right? All the boys and girls from God's Kids. All the visiting boys and girls who want to come. I don't want to put you on the spot. But if you're not asleep and you're a boy or girl, come on up. All right, come on up here, boys and girls. Jesus is, is the answer to the whole thing. Come on up here. All right, come on up around the tree. You guys ready to help me out? Can you sing loud? All right, here we go. Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Would you guys sing with us? Yes, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Thank you, boys and girls. You can go back to your seats. Jesus. Yeah, give him a hand. Thank you, boys and girls. Jesus is the purpose. We see it everywhere on a day like this. He is the reason. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And in Jesus Christ, everything comes together. See, all those random events in your life that you think don't fit, and you don't know how it's going to work, and why is it, and how is it, and God, how would you let that happen, and why is she doing this, and why is the car doing that, and why did he go there, and why did it break, and why is this happening... And why won't the box open? Happened to me last night. It's like they have a conspiracy, these Chinese people, against me. Here I am trying to get a box open, and I have to get out literal man tools to open a cardboard box. Sometimes we get frustrated, and we wonder the why and the how. I just tell you today, the answer is Jesus. He's the answer to everything in your life. And if you have never received Jesus into your life, this Christmas day would be the most perfect time to do it. When you understand that he is the gift. Christmas is not a time of giving. Christmas is the gift. Christmas is the literal gift to us. Let's bow in prayer. As we bow today... I like to do this as we close in prayer.